welcome to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Planiverse, episode 119. And with me, as always, is Corrine. Hello. Hello, Steve. It's lovely to see you. It, we're just chuckling to ourselves because this is take two because I made a complete hash of the intro in take one. But we won't <laughs> dwell on that one too much. Anyway, folks, we have a, an amusing or interesting episode for you today. It's just something that sort of occurred to me, I suppose, doing some of the daily chores. And that that is... is uh, is your life as organised in real life as your you try to make out in with your planner? You know, we all sort of think that we we have the neatest planner going and we have it all organised and structured in there. But does that actually reflect real life? And we'll give you some of our own pet examples of that um, as we um, go through this episode. So, Corrine, what where do you think you want to start? Well, I I want to start with Instagram. I think you were right. Uh, as as most people know out there in the Planiverse, Steve and I have a tendency to chat about these episodes prior to recording. And we usually just hit record at some point because we realize that we've exhausted the topic two hours later and we probably should get some of it out there in the Planiverse. And one of the things that caught my attention that you had mentioned was that the, the perfect looking setups that people do on Instagram, um, and I, I'm I'm one of those people. I don't I don't do perfect, but I do things that are aesthetically pleasing, because it's a nice photo album for me to go through and see where my planning um, has evolved, where I was with my planning, and where I am today. It's a nice evolution to see the progress of how things have evolved. And one of the things I've noticed, and I think this was actually the impetus to us doing the podcast early in the days around 2015, 2016, was realizing that a lot of the images that are coming off of Instagram are so doctored and so sterile that there's not po it's not possible to actually get any planning done with all those stickers in there. And I know I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail coming from the sticker sticker fan club right now um, but there has to be a point where practicality and functionality are inserted into the conversation of planning because then otherwise all you've got is a sticker book and one of the things that we'd like to discuss today as part of this process is how automated is your life or do you automate any portions of your life are there things that you just have on autopilot and you don't have to think about which then frees you to think about the things that actually matter. And I, I loved, um, Steve, your, your example of the washing. I'm going to let you say it because I think you say it best. But so, <laughs> so, in fact, why don't we do that? Steve has this thing about washing that he does and prepare yourselves, planner verse. It's going to be good. <laughs> yes, you, you might find this a bit obtuse, but when you put the washing out on the line outside... I For those of you that still do that. <laughs> people still do that, apparently. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah. We certainly do, because it's, <laughs> the weather is suitable anyway to do it. I actually tend to organise the stuff that comes out of the washing machine into different categories. So all the shirts will go together, underwear will go together, socks will go together, and so on. 
And this may sound a bit bizarre, but I do that so that when I when it's dried and I come to take it indoors, it all ends up back in the basket, but again in different sort of layers, if you like, in the basket. Yeah. That then helps with hanging it up on hangers, in the case of shirts, grouping it together into different piles in the airing cupboard for the smaller items, and stuff like that. And I, I get, I've started realising that I won't go another stage further than that now, in that I, I tend to group the shirts together into the different colour groups so that they're in this the correct order when I come to iron them so that they'll go into the ward back into the wardrobe in the right same order as well. You're going to make someone a wonderful wife one day, Steve. I, <laughs> I absolutely love it. So you collate your washing and then yeah. you cross-reference it by colour. And, yeah. and, and that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I know that we have marketed our podcast as the dullest podcast out there. And I think we're hitting that standard by far every time we have surpassed that standard. Um, I love this example. I do the same. Something that my husband taught me for the dishwasher is we stack all the silverware together so that it's all the spoons, all the forks, and all the knives are Mm. segregated so that when you pull them out, you're pulling them out in a stack and you don't have to sit there and go with a fork, knife, whatever. Mm. So is there a reasoning for doing all of this? Is there just a madness behind the sense behind the madness? And I I say there is. I I mean, what do you, what do you say, Steve? For me, it's about decision fatigue, but we'll get into that in a moment. Mm. Why do you do that? Do you do that because it comforts you or soothes you? I suppose in a way it means there's less, less decisions to make or you Mm. have to think less because, if I'm doing um, putting the washing out or if yeah. I'm doing the ironing or something like that, I'm quite often doing something else at the same time. And, you know, I'm a bloke. I don't multitask. <laughs> so I, I might be listening to music or listening to a radio show or something like that. So I, I'm doing it sort of quite sort of willy-nilly in a way. Um, so I might not necessarily be paying full attention to what I'm doing half the time Um, so the mindless tasks you allow your mind to actually drone off because you're doing mindless tasks yeah 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 yeah. i get it i get it um you do that with the ironing too if i remember correctly you have a tendency to watch tv or something like that right no i tend to listen listen. to um another podcast there is another what What? no there isn't we're the only one not not our own (laughs) (laughs) um um, yeah so, so there is some sense to it. I'd like to go back to this topic of decision fatigue and discuss a little bit about the decisions that we make in our lives and why we make them. If we look at, I don't have the numbers in front of me, and I think I can, I can find the link and post the article for you um, in the notes. But if we look at the average decisions the average person makes throughout the day, it's mm. absolutely immeasurable from the moment we wake up to the moment we go back to sleep how many little decisions are being made on a perpetual basis. Mm. And it's nonstop, especially with the onset of nonstop information coming at us Mm. through the internet, actually deciding whether you're going to read that or not, or actually deciding whether you're going to be online or not, or deciding whether you're going to be sitting or standing or walking or talking or sleeping. Mm. Any of these um, daily activities can become overwhelming. And for Mm. anybody that suffers um, from anxiety 
or has a sense of overwhelm when it comes to the information that's coming at us, I think decision fatigue is a lot more relatable to them than those that are just going through life on autopilot and not even paying attention. I mean, there is a level of exhaustion that comes from making all of these decisions. And one of the easiest decisions I ever made in my life was to not make decisions about things that don't matter. Mm. So that's, uh, we used to discuss this back in the day. I was telling you with the automation nirvana Mm. in planarology, what we had come up with was, uh, for example, my OmniFocus. I love using my OmniFocus because it's an automatic digital reminder of things that I don't want to have to remember. That's why I have the machine do it, because it's a machine. <laughs> um, and so remembering when to put salt in the water softening system or remembering when the seasonal changes happen and the HVAC system needs to be maintained. Uh, I don't want to have to think about this during the year. And so when the message comes up and pings me, and I usually set it for like a week before it's due so that I can have time to prepare myself for whatever's going on in that week. Um, this is fantastic. It also comes down to things that I wear. I wear pretty much the same thing every day. I don't want to have to think about it. I have multiple shirts in the same style. I have multiple trousers in the same style. Uh, and I know what I'm wearing. I don't think about these things because I want to spend my time thinking about things that actually matter to me. And those are the things that go in the planning system. Those are things that actually need to get planned. So I think there's a and, and jump in with, with your thoughts on this anytime, Steve. But mm. there is a huge distinction between making a list of decisions that you're going to be making throughout the day versus planning how you're going to um, backwards plan, perhaps, from a goal mm. that you've set, right? Is there is there a difference? I, I tend to think of these little shortcuts, or like like a shortcut in life, mm. Um for doing things quicker if you like so you're not having to pause and then make the decision on oh, what am I going to do next you've you've worked it out as yeah. a routine it's seamless yeah and you've done it so many times before if you like and I suppose in a way I'm a lazy person and lazy people tend to work out the most efficient way for them to do something it might not be the most obvious way but when it comes to repeating that task, you know, time and time again, um, there might might be some saving of time or effort. Um, it might not be the, the quickest thing, but in terms of effort and being able to do other things, maybe. Uh, you know, it might be down to not necessarily how you do something, but let's say where you do it, where you set yourself up. To, to do something in the absolutely. house. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, this this goes back to what we were discussing with contexts. Yeah. Right, so if you have a context of all the things that you're going to do mm. once you leave the house, mm. I would imagine that those get done quicker than having yeah. to come back home, realize mm. you've left something out, and, and so on. And I know mm. this is turning into a big advertisement for OmniFocus. I don't want it to be. But OmniFocus actually has a setting mm. that if you've planned it enough, it, it sees that you're outside near the shop that you said you mm. wanted to be. And it will ping you and tell you, hey, you're close to that shop that mm. you said you wanted to get X, Y, and Z done. Do you want to stop? So I actually like setting up. It takes a little bit of effort to put stuff into OmniFocus. But once it's set up, it just mm. works. 
to use my ironing example again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to put a link into the extreme ironing. I, uh, I want I want a picture of you ironing in, in the links. <laughs> have, a, have someone take a picture of ironing. I, I've shared photos in the past of me ironing and there's, there's an iPad set up and God knows what else on one end of the ironing board. I want to put that as my iPad cover, screen cover. When I open it, I want to see you ironing. <laughs> well, one of the things though is when we lived in UK, I just nearly always used to do the ironing in the living room and then watch TV doing it at the same time yeah. sort of thing because it seemed the most logical place to do it sort of thing. When we moved here, it wasn't quite so obvious because there isn't quite the same sort of space to sort of sure. have, have the ironing board and put all the stuff somewhere and be able to get backwards and forwards around things. Sort of thing. Until recently, that is, when we opened up one room uh, without a, a bed in it anymore, and I use that now as my room in which I set up to do the ironing in. Because an ironing board's an awkward shaped thing, isn't it, when you think about it? But yeah, there so, really isn't. They all sort of tend to be the same shape and size. Yeah. Uh, unless you have a wall-mounted one, yeah, in which well, case you can just, right? You've then got to have space for that, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing that attracts me to this conversation, though, Steve, is did you realize that you have a lot in common with Marie Kondo? Just the way that you are? Yes. <laughs> I, I will admit to watching her series, and I did pick up a few hints and tips from it, which I then put into action initially. The way I store things in, in you know, clothes and things made me realise how many, you know, particular thing how many pairs of socks i've got and all the rest of it too many basically and 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 why is it that you realize that you how okay let's let's backtrack here because this is very crucial to our conversation mm. how did you come to realize that you had too many pairs of socks after seeing her pro, and and compared to how you've just been living prior well to they were previously they were just sort of thrown into a one particular space in the drawer but there was such a just a dis, disorganized mound of socks that you you could never see well you could see that there was a lot of socks but you couldn't actually sort of use them in sort of rotation if you wanted to that is mm. which is what well, i tend well, to do now what i'm getting at is the crux of her system is based on putting things the like things in similar categories yes and that is i think the basis of her success versus the thousands of other organizers out there in the world mm. that tell you to go room by room inevitably someone's going to tell you pick a room start in a corner and work your way through and mm. i really dislike that kind of information because um as she says you must collect all the same items of together. everything that you've got yes, in that category absolutely. together because only then do you realize the magnitude of what you've accumulated mm. throughout your life and then you can make categoric decisions about mm. well look i haven't used these pairs of socks in the last 10 years they can be donated or whatever not yeah. socks but you know what i mean yeah a year ago we rebuilt our uh, master bedroom yeah in such a way that I can now store all of my clothes in the one room, whereas previously they were split between wardrobes. So summer and winter, I used to rotate sort of shirts and shorts and stuff like this. So, of course, yeah. it was not chaotic in any means, but you never actually got to see the whole picture of things, if you like. Sure. 
in sure. one place. Whereas I now know, right, that's the allocated space for long sleeve shirts. That's the allocated space on the lower hangers for short sleeve ones. How many do I have of each one? Do I have too many? Not enough. I can now see where I'm lacking or where I've got, you know, or where ones that are a little bit sort of tired and past their best need right, to be retired right. off. Well, that's exactly it. And this is this is fundamental to the conversation we're having about mm. decision fatigue is because if you're finding yourself perpetually in a state of, well, I've got to get that fire put out and I've got to get this done and I've got to continue with this and you're never getting anywhere. You're just moving, but you're not really getting anywhere in terms of progressing to where you want to get to with your goals, then you probably ought to s sit down and assess the kind of decisions you're making throughout the day because the decisions you're making are directly related to the outcomes that you're producing in your life. And if you're not making decisions that are being planned out a week, a month, a year ahead, then all you're doing is you're living for that day. And that day can get repetitive and you will have the same results in a year that you're having right now or that you've had in the past year mm. if you don't change anything. This week, for instance, I'm sort of, flying solo as it were I'm here here at the house on my own and I've been sort of pacing myself in a way I've used the sort of time looked at the time available what have I got to do what have I got to do each day um, what can be sort of flexible in terms of what does happen needs to happen today or could it happen tomorrow or the day after or whatever and sort of sort of spreading things out over the week that's been a huge help to me in terms of um making sure nothing gets missed so there's there's definitely been a list used here somewhere something that's visible i've sort of got a little notebook in the kitchen yeah. just purely sort of for jotting things house related down um, that i'm trying to get done uh, during the week and it's been marvelous in a way i've sort of settled into it a bit better whereas in, in pre previous times when i've been here on my own i flip from one thing to another and nothing gets done <laughs> well that's the that's the wonder of contextualizing things mm. and i think i would actually challenge people out there in the planner verse to see if you can contextualize your life um that's one of the qualities of ambient living is being able to work within the atmosphere and the environment that you have without having to extricate yourself to other locations. Sometimes people escape to coffee shops and things like that because they want to find um, that ambient setting mm. that they're looking for. But I'm suggesting that you can find this at home, especially since we've become professional ho home homers now, right? Yes. <laughs> We're homies. <laughs> Every, the whole world has become professional home life people. Um, and one thing that has helped me tremendously into not forgetting things is to group them together. So, for example, I do a lot of um, sales 
things that we have extras of or whatever, we put them on online sales. I have our scale, our tape measure, our packing tape, our packing materials. All of that stuff is kept together because I don't want to have to go looking for it. And it makes the process so much easier. It automates the process. Mm. And what you end up having is when you automate that and you automate your clothing and you automate what you're having for breakfast and you automate these things so that you're not thinking about them, you end up getting to that point that I used to call automation nirvana. And there is a sense to having these systems in place because then you can spend your time working or thinking about things that actually matter because none of these things actually matter, but they will bog you down. Another little example that I've um, been put into practice this week is tidying things away, um, be that on my desk or in the kitchen or, or wherever, that has sat there but not being used you know frequently enough so you know do i need to you know this thing's sort of sat on a shelf but of course it's gathering dust now whether you want to keep it or not is another thing but if you're not Mm. actually physically using the thing can it get be put away in a cupboard or a drawer or stick it in a box on a shelf somewhere so it's it's out of the way that makes um you know, cleaning and dusting around things so much easier when you haven't got to keep moving things out of the way all the time. I do that with my appliances on Mm. my countertop in the kitchen. The only appliance I have on my countertop really is my Thermomix. Mm -hmm. All the other appliances get tucked away because even if I do use, I don't know, a toaster, say, for example, I'll use it maybe every other morning. It takes me three seconds to take it out from where it is and plug it in it Mm. doesn't need to be sat there collecting dust the whole time so i can see people's annoyance and thinking well you have to take it out and put it back take it out and put it back but you're doing that when you're brushing your teeth you're doing that when you're combing Mm. your hair right you're taking out your toothbrush Mm. you're putting it back you're taking out your brush you're putting Mm. it back you just it's a habit that's created and Mm. if you just use this habit repeatedly it doesn't become an inconvenience anymore it becomes something that you do and so i think that the choice is there for people to make as to how they want to live their lives. And the ambient living for me is, um, I think, I think that's where it's at because if you can create that sanctuary feeling at home that you, that you trying to escape to when you go to coffee shops or restaurants or wherever to do your quote unquote work, because you're actually not working there. What you're allowing to do is you're allowing your brain to rest (laughs) so that you can actually do the things that it was going to do when you were at home. Um, But if you focus on putting these skill sets into effect while you're at home, then you can become very dangerous and very unstoppable very quickly because then you've got nothing holding you down. Another little example that I just remembered is... With food things um, that you get from the supermarket or whatever, there's either an expiry date or a, an eat-by date or use-by date. The terminology varies. but They're dated in some way or form, aren't they? And what I tend to do is put the one, things with the longest dates of one particular type at the back of the fridge and the ones that need to be eaten first at the front. It's just a sort of little habit that I got into. We do the same. I do the same for our pantry. And I'm glad to see that we have so much in common. I mean, most people would look at this and go, really, guys, you have nothing else to do better in your lives. And I'm going to suggest that because we do these things, we have other things that we can spend our time Mm. on, like doing this podcast, for example, or Mm. spending our time on. I know, Steve, you have multiple 
extracurricular activities that you are involved in. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I love doing that. I love doing my own things as well. I'm, I'm pretty involved on my own end. Um, but we have to make those choices categorically for ourselves without being forced to make those decisions. And I think that's where the quality of life comes in. When you're making those decisions because you want to versus putting up fires or mental fires or psychological fires because there's a sense of chaos or not knowing or how you said with your clothes that you didn't know, you hadn't, had, you hadn't seen the full picture of your summer mm. and winter wardrobe combined. There is a sense of not being able to wrap your head around what's going on when you don't see the full picture, at least for me anyway. I don't know if it's the same for you, but I feel a lot better once I have the full picture of what I'm dealing with and I know that I can contain um, my belongings into mm. a certain area. In my case, it's it's made life easier when it comes to deciding um, what what clothes do I need to buy for this particular mm. season or whatever, or, or I, you know, I can see a, a need for you know what needs replacing... And in my case now, because yeah, you've got maybe you've got five white shirts and no black shirts, and then you yeah. know why I need so a black shirt. So in, in my case, I've decided that that is the amount of space that I've got available. So if mm. I can't go buying five new shirts because there's only room for three or something like that. So it, right. there's a finite limit now, and that's good in a way. Because and then I realize when I count up how many I've got of each type, I think, well, that's more than enough for me to just keep going round and round sort of perpetually for for good time. Well, then it and then it tends to take a life of its own from there because once you know what your left right operating limits are in terms of mm. how how much clothes you can have, um, then you can also determine how you're going to create your packing list. Yeah. Then you can determine what what gets packed. What do you need for a three-day? What do you need for a seven-day? What do you need for a one-month? And it tends to be the same thing. I'm pretty much at the point now where I can pack for an entire year out of a seven-day suitcase. Mm. So, you know, it's the same thing because you're just washing it over mm. and over, right? <laughs> I mean, how how many things can you pack? I've seen I've I've seen people with multiple suitcases at the airports, and I'm like, are they moving countries? Are they? <laughs> <laughs> you know, have they just picked up the family goat and they're just that's it? We're done. We're moving. Um, and then you realize that all the things that they've taken with them probably ha more than half are not going to be used. Yeah. Um, that's, so that's the that's, nice thing about having a yeah. contained system. When you go on a trip, it's always worthwhile. Um, noting down not what you used but most probably what you didn't use because that will help sort of complete like the feedback loop if you like for next time that you that's go on a, a similar suggestion. trip actually yeah. have a list called what I didn't use yeah and then and then mark down and based if, on that if like me you have like a sort of if I use my sort of standard packing list, which I stick to use for quite a lot of you know, four or five day trips, um, there's plenty of space on the back of that to note down things that I didn't use and consider whether I should be taking them time and time again. Is, sort of is that the list that you'd show me once that had cigarettes as part of the packing list? No, 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 no. That's, that's the ancient. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Don't forget your cigarettes. <laughs> and other things from the 70s and or 50s, I think. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Yeah. So the... Um, 
the the crux of this is is to to make things make life as easy as possible for yourself really and um it's complicated enough yeah (laughs) don't don't make it any more complicated than it has to be you do things simple the simple way and invariably it must probably be the quickest Right, I mean, the the oats overnight thing for me, I do oats overnight for breakfasts mm. in the mornings. And not having, I can set those the night before. Not having to think about what I'm having for breakfast. Not having to think about what I'm wearing. Can you realize how much time that takes mm. every morning to just try and recreate that scenario? Or planning out having a menu and knowing beforehand what you're going to be eating for that day? Mm. I think it's tremendous. And I think um, if you haven't given this a try, you ought to. And start with something small. Something mm. I would suggest maybe make a list of all the decisions you're making throughout the day and see how many of them can be automated. <laughs> talk, to Steve talk to Steve. That means Steve. But yeah, yeah. It, it, when you sort of think about it in that term, then yeah. I, but I, I would just sort of look at some. You know, just take one you know in each individual task sort of thing and then look at the thing from a point of view right how can i simplify this can i do it a a slightly better way or is is there anything that i can improve on sort of thing right back from there so we have not come to the end but certainly uh exhausted ourselves and thoughts and ideas so where can we find you on the interwebs you can find me at plannerology.com, which has a new design and a new space area. It's, it's ambient space. Thank you for asking. And um, you can find me on the Instagrams as current of Masian. And you can find me irritating Steve most everywhere on the Internet. Where can we find you, Steve? In Steve book, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing now. We'll, we'll, we'll tell file you over us, whichever one you, you prefer. No, you'll find me in the usual place of filofaxi.com travelersnotebooktimes.com and Mr. Falafaxi on Instagram. And don't forget, folks, we do have a Patreon page and we would welcome any contributions for, you know, less than the price of a cup of coffee. You can join the merry gang and be part of the fun. And don't forget, folks, if you've enjoyed our podcast, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it and share it.